Hey, what's up? This is MP Radio. Always make progress, and we are your hosts, Shankar Bhattacharjee, Fractal Biomechanics on Instagram, and and I am Sean Astorga. This is the official podcast of AMP's mentorship program for rehab clinicians and fitness professionals, where we help you differentiate yourself by getting your clients more long-lasting results. On today's episode, we have our friend Ian Markow. Ian, thank you for being here, man. Uh, would you mind doing? Uh, us the pleasure of ex- just introducing yourself to the audience, who you are, uh, what you do, and your uh, mission on this planet. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be sitting down with you guys and talking. Um, so my name is Ian Marco. I'm from uh, uh, Miami, Florida originally. Uh, I work in Miami two days a week now and also in my hometown where I'm living currently in Boca Raton. Uh, I was in New York for five years, uh, so that was a big part of who I am. Uh, deep down, I still believe I'm a New Yorker, even though I live next to the beach. Uh, so I basically kind of work in a, a large spectrum across. So I, I definitely see a lot of people that failed physical therapy and uh, can't really find someone. And I fill that gap. Um, unfortunately, it's not my favorite. Uh, but I also train athletes, uh, you know, go as far as plyometrics, working with people who want to throw harder and uh, that end of the spectrum. And then I love working with everybody in between who uh, might have, you know, uh, had an injury in the past or even just someone who just wants to, you know, grow their delts, jump a little higher, you know, uh, everybody in the middle as well. Uh, So that's kind of currently where I'm at. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, actually. uh, So I I train like distance running and I just asked uh, the person who does my programming. I'm like, I don't want to like, like, get like lose all like this muscle mass i'm like how do i just like it's like when i play basketball i want to look good in the jersey you know i'm like how do i how do i keep my delts and and also (laughs) the distance man that's a niche that we need to uh to to have full um i always think it's uh it's important to understand people's um um, backgrounds a little bit um so would you mind talking about how you got into like the fitness the fitness world yeah absolutely so it was really just by uh by necessity in a way i was in new york city uh, I was supposed to have a restaurant job that my boss basically was like, oh, you're leaving in two weeks. It's gone. Uh, then I had a sales job lined up. I didn't get it. I probably wouldn't have been great anyway there, to be honest. Um, and then, uh, like, you know, I was running out of uh, peanut butter and jellies. Rent is very expensive in New York. And um, I was passing by a gym and I asked if they were hiring someone for like a, you know, a sales or a front desk position because I had a communication degree from college at UCF. So I was thinking to myself, like, let me just get in and try to do anything. And um, before I knew it, just simply because of how I dressed and looked, someone was like, hey, what do you think about being a personal trainer? And then uh, like an hour later, as I'm like doing a chest press, uh, the personal training manager walks up to me, he's like, Hey, you look like a personal trainer. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, do you want to be one? I was like, yeah, sure. And then he's like, all right, you start tomorrow. So I literally just showed up the <laughs> next day knowing nothing and uh, just started working on my NASM and my NCCPT mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, so that's how I became a, uh, a, a personal trainer. And then um, from there, the building I lived in, someone named Ramon Ashby, who was like one of my good uh, kind of mentors and friends, he uh he just happened to see me in my crunch fitness shirt, which is where I was working out of. And he was like, Hey, you're a trainer. So, uh, why don't you come try to teach a class for me at this building? And I was like, all right, cool. Kind of like not thinking anything of it. And then I ended up in the Goldman Sachs building, which is right across the street from the world trade center, um, or the, uh, the new one, the freedom tower. So that was like, you know, really like dealing with some of the highest functioning people in the world and over-functioning in a lot of ways, like most New Yorkers. Um, so that was really cool. And then from there, I got in with uh, Google. So I worked at Google for a while. It was honestly uh, probably the best job ever, mostly because I barely worked. Um, I taught, I like talked them into teaching like a kin stretch program where it was like 12 weeks, one class a week, but that gave me access to the gym. I trained a few people there, but not too many. And then I just literally went there every single morning and ate from a buffet just like you would imagine. And then I slept in a nap pod and I looked out at the city from the 70th floor. And then I went to uh, my real job where I would work with other people. Um, so that was really cool. I, I love that. Shout out to Scott. He was my boss there like, and my friend, basically. Um, so that was really cool. And then finally, I got into a physical therapy clinic um, with Fabian Garcia. 
And um, he was very, I, I, you know, we, 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 uh, we didn't end well, but um, which was on me and him, I would say, like, I definitely take some responsibility for it. Um, but it was like most things. I've basically been fired from every single job I've had. I've been destined to be an entrepreneur. I just get to this point where like, I have to be thrown out. I can't just like leave for some reason. So, um, you know, we eventually did that. But before that happened, you know, I really learned a lot. I learned what I didn't want to do, which is really cool. But I also learned what I could do if I needed to, which I think kind of like goes back to where I started, you know, filling in the gaps of someone that might not have a physical therapist in their area, things like that, and having to pick up the slack. And even more so, what I try to do now is like, try to change the game from the inside, which means me working with the physical therapist, which never works, you know, like it just doesn't like, and I get it because they've been working. They don't want to do notes. They don't want to like communicate with me. Oftentimes they like, will look at me and be like, I don't need to teach you this, especially like some PRI people will be like that. I'm like, I didn't ask you to teach me this. I just need like a general summary so I can build off of what you're doing, you know? But uh, that collaboration is something that uh, I think the industry is missing, but something that I'm working on from within. And I think the physical therapy experience really helped me with that. Um, and one of the things that was really cool with him is he was always learning. So that really set the tone for me. You know, he would do like Perry Nicholson stuff one week and then he would do FRC the next week. And he was always coming in on Monday and trying to be like, well, my model was like this on Friday, but now I have all this new stuff. Like, what do I do? And like, that is something that I think people don't talk about enough, but like, that's really it. We kind of have people who make fun of it, like, oh, you know, you learn kettlebells now. Everybody has to do kettlebells. But like, yeah, you need to have them actually mess up doing the kettlebells. Otherwise, you just like did a weekend of like learning that doesn't apply to anything. So people have like 30 certs, but they can't apply any of it. So that that phase of like seeing him tinker and, and fail and like have people ask me a question, be like, I have no idea. You need to ask him. And then he didn't know. And then next week we knew that and it was implemented and there was something that had to be done. Um, it also let me know that I don't want to do manual therapy. So that was a really big learning lesson for me there. Like we were doing like lymphatic drainage on the face, which like felt amazing. I honestly believed in it working, but like the idea of me sitting there for 30 minutes doing a face massage on someone, I was like, nah, like this, this is not for <laughs> me. Like I, I would much rather teach this person at a hip hinge. Um, so, so that was a really good experience for me. And then after that, you know, I, um, he, he basically was letting me run my business out of his clinic for free. It was like a crazy situation. Um, I was like ready to offer to work as an intern for free. And then he offered to pay me like before I could say anything. So that was amazing. And then uh, I moved on to just working out of a, a independent contractor gym after that, which was really good. And um, that's kind of where I'm at now. I have two gyms that I work out of in that capacity. That's also another situation that's really, really tough. Um, you know, it's like, it's for most gyms, it doesn't really make sense to do that model. And then the ones that do it, you know, you, it, it can be kind of tough at the same time. Uh, so, so I'm fortunate now to find two places, one in Miami and one in Boca that I, I'm able to work with. I haven't been kicked out yet. So that's good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my background. Oh, that's awesome, man. Actually, it's funny you mentioned Fabian Garcia because um, like it was like two days ago when he just shared a story with one of like our old patients, like when I worked closer to New York and I was like, oh shit, that's like, that's Mike. And he's like, yeah, yeah. he's like, if, you, if you're going to run like a, a marathon, it's at 630 pace. He's like, you need a lateral sling that can like do whatever. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen him in so like in such a, such a long time. Yeah. It's a small world. That's what's cool about all this stuff is, you know, we end up, I mean, just like us talking right now, you know, you end up kind of gravitationally being pulled together in ways. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Um, yeah. And you also hit on a lot of like, uh, really, really, uh, I think useful things for, for the people who, who listen to, to this podcast. And one of those is like the, the tinkering aspect of things when you, when you learn new stuff. Cause I think back to like, when I took like, for example, I took my first like PRI course, it was like 2015 when I first started practicing. And like, I'm lucky that I had people like uh, patients who were like, they've been with me for a little bit. Right. So they were cool with me. Like, Hey, I just learned this new stuff. You mind if, if I think it's going to help you, do you mind if we try it out? Cause if I didn't have those opportunities, right. Then I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know when this is going to work and when it's not going to work. And then it's like, you know, you get stuck at that point. If you're not like trying to stuff out, right. It's like, you could read a book on like teaching someone how to squat, but if you don't teach someone how to squat, like, what are you, what are you yeah. doing? Right. You're just wasting time reading a book. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot with my, uh, like with my communities, the gyms that I work in, like 
There's all the trainers from my, 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 my Miami gym went to the Pat Davidson seminar. And, uh, you know, one of my, my buddies, Casey uh, Schwartz is a really great trainer in Miami, a good friend of mine. He, uh, he had already been implementing a lot of what he learned from Pat over the years, like really well at a high level. So he was there watching his other people, our, our, our other kind of colleagues, and they were all like kind of getting their minds blown, like having all these light bulb moments. And then like Monday they came in and they started working on it. But like by Friday, like their sessions looked exactly the same as they used to be. And it was just like, all right, well, there goes that $600. You know, it's like, like you got to really stick with it. You got to fail. You got to have enough people. And I think that's one of the things that's really helped me is like working in the places that I've worked in the high volume of New York. Like there's no, I personally believe that New York is the best city in the world period. But beyond that, I think it's the best city in the world for personal training too, because you have such a wide variety of people. You can work with an actor, you can work with a finance person, you can work with an artist, you can work with a disabled person, you can work with someone who's trans, like all the different people that I worked with and was able to communicate with them and do all the really important stuff of getting to know them, hanging out with them, uh, explaining concepts that make sense to them in their own way of learning. Um, I think those were so valuable. And then you add on to that, the spectrum of rehab to performance and working with all those people. Um, I just think it's just like, you know, when we're trying to improve bodies, we want variability, we want movement options and to be exposed to all these different variables with your clients, instead of just being like, Hey, I work with people that are 35 to 42 and love hiking on the weekends. It's like, well, all seven of them, like what? You know, like, <laughs> so like, like, at first, I think the best thing you can do is work with as many different people as possible yeah. within your scope. Yeah. And yeah. A, you refine who you want to work with, which is going to be leave you more fulfilled. You realize early on, like, man, I really don't like this person. And then like the next person a year later that you meet presents themselves the same way. You're like, okay, like, let's do an assessment, but don't buy a package yet, you know? And then it's like, you start to realize who you want to work with, who you're good at working with, and maybe most importantly, who you shouldn't be working with. So um, yeah, that, that that was big for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's another good lesson in what you were saying is just like how you became like your entry into the fitness world, right? Is you just saw like an opportunity. Actually, you didn't even see the opportunity, right? You yeah. went in there for another reason, but yeah. you like took the step. You're like, oh, I'm just going to walk in here and ask if they, they need somebody, um, you know, and like, that's something that we help a lot of people do, like in the mentorship program is really like, um, get over like that fear of just like taking the next step or taking action in the right direction. And then like, what if you didn't just like open that door and we're like, Hey, do you need help with like, whatever it was they needed help with? Like, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. You never know, right. What, where things are going to lead you, the network you're going to build or all that kind of stuff. So that's cool to hear. Um, yeah. why we asked the question, what, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, what Ian said, uh, you, you exactly know whom to work with. So this is my, uh, this is my observation after working with so many people is that I like working with women more than men. Why? Because I think women, uh, the way they talk, it, it's very professional, I would say. With men, I don't know. I, I'm not saying about US, but in India, they're like, oh, yo, bro. And they will DM you at 10, 30, 12 in the night or 1 p.m., 1 a.m. that my spine is doing that and this. <laughs> women never. Women never. They will they have time like in the daytime. Or in the evening, that's it. And they're like short, crisp, with a lot of politeness and all. And that is like, yeah, this is this is the kind of population that I would love to work. If I had only women, I'm happy with this. <laughs> what, the hell, what, the, what the hell goes on in your DMs, man? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean there is. I, I know what you're saying. Difference. I'm just playing. <laughs> there is a difference. Like boys are like, oh, yeah, this is happening. That is happening. Women, no. there's a time. And the way you say things, very professional. I love it. Yeah, the neurotic people are tough. I mean, that's part of the what, what I'm trying to say when I say, like, I don't necessarily want to replace your physical therapist, you know, because, like, mm. part of it's really good with working with those people. Like, I've had neurotic girlfriends. I've had worked with people, like, like I said, that have, like, really been in a lot of pain. And it's um it's nice to really take that on but I'm also like the type of person that like when I'm working with someone I'm like so invested like I really really dive in and um like you get 110% of me and to have 110% of me to 10 different people that are like level 9 out of 10 pain is like 
it's 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 not my favorite especially when i can have someone who's not in pain and we can just go in and like let it rip and start with plyos and then do you know uh some banded jumps and all kinds of like cool stuff you know so it's a little bit tougher sometimes i love solving the really complex problem and then sometimes i'm like man i really love this simple solution which is the cool <laughs> thing about having a really wide scope to be able yeah. to have a little bit of everything and it kind of keeps things fresh too, you know, but I don't want 15 really complex people at the same time. Yeah, very, very relatable. Um, we, 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 recently, recently, I got a client who was like, okay, I'm very asymmetric. Uh, please turn me left. Like that, that's, that was his language. Please turn me left. Like everyone I wants to turn left, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, do you know where your right is currently that you want to turn left? And didn't have answer and i think you have to deal with them the way like you have to see where they're coming from like they're like they just see a snippet of information on the internet that you have to turn left well they don't tell you where, where the right has to be in order to turn left they don't tell you that on the internet right so <laughs> yeah they came from a, a, a youtube episode on pri that's where they came from <laughs> exactly they know they know enough to be dangerous man just like yeah, some people exactly. who uh, take a pri course you know it's like well, enough yeah. to be dangerous <laughs> um, on uh, i was listening uh, this morning to you uh, on uh, david gray's podcast um, and you said something that, that really resonates with me. And you said like, when people are learning new stuff, I, this is not a direct quote, but like, basically they got to get uncomfortable, right. A little bit, right. When you're learning new things, can you kind of speak to that, to that a little yeah. bit? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just like a, a lot of the stuff that you guys do in terms of the compression expansion model, you know, when, when you get through it, I think, or at least towards to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you realize like how simple it is, right. It's like, there's like two movements. You know, we're really just trying to get someone to walk and breathe. That's another thing you hear from like PRI side of things. Um, so it can be so simple at the end, but like in the beginning, it's really difficult. And uh, I think a lot of coaches quit when that happens, but those are the ones that don't really make it, especially to the highest level. And the truth is, just like anything in life, if you're not uncomfortable, you're probably not growing. And I think being stagnant as a personal trainer is one of the, the most common things. You kind of just see that like, you know, there's kind of almost like two types. One of them is like really good at the interpersonal stuff and they can just fill their schedule up just because people love their good hang, which is super underrated. And I think is a huge part of the job that people also don't think about. Um, but then the other side of things is like people that are just so stagnant where they're not even going out and learning. They're, they're just, they're doing the same stuff over and over again. They might have eight sessions in a day, but like literally seven of them look exactly the same against seven different people, which can work, but also is like really a good sign that some things need to change that maybe there's some, they're, they're not really trying their hardest, but that's what's the best thing. And like people talk down about like weekend seminars, weekend workshops, but I love them. I love teaching them. I love attending them. Because I go, you know, I get immersed in the culture uh, and the people. And then even if you just pick up like two gems, they might serve you for five years with clients over and over and over again, where you just know something like even like the, the kickstand hip hinge that you see David and I doing a lot, like just like learning to look at it from behind and see what the pelvis is doing and noticing like, all right, well, this person doesn't want to get in their hip. So their back knee rises up, turns into a hip hike and they turn away from the lead leg. Like knowing how to communicate that, fix that. I've used that like 10 times a week for so many weeks at this point, once I learned it. So it's so valuable. So even if you went to a weekend workshop and you got fired up about teaching that one exercise, it would pay for itself over and over again. And being uncomfortable is the first step to really learning something new. You need to get uncomfortable. You need to be challenged. You need to get it wrong until you can finally get it right. And then you'll actually have it right versus just like, oh, yeah, I, I know how to teach someone how to breathe. All right, great. Yeah, now I know everything. You know, like the classic Dunning-Kruger, right? Like if you don't ever drop in that pit, eh, you're probably not learning too much. And like it's for me, at least, it should be like really overwhelming. Like when I first started learning about the compression expansion stuff, it was like really overwhelming. Like it was, I mean, like there's a couple of systems. I mean, FRC was like that too. Like when you leave FRC the next one, that Monday, it's like, you feel terrible. You're like, 
I didn't know anything about training. I didn't know anything about anatomy. I didn't know anything about physiology, uh, physiology. And I definitely have the worst joints in the world. Like, man, my shit does not move. <laughs> I can't control anything. I have no relative motions, even though they don't call them relative motions, but the same thing. And, uh, you know, it was that uncomfortableness that I sat with for a week. And then I finally got on the horse and was like, all right, it's time to start teaching this. It's time for me to be doing it every single day. And that's when I kind of, you know, rose in, in, in that system in terms of the application of it and was able to use it. And again, to this day, I still have people that, you know, for example, I have a guy that um, has like a, he had a, a botch surgery, basically, even though he, he, you know, what's funny is I wonder if you guys get this too, especially um, with the New York thing. Do you get someone who goes, you know, I had surgery. They were the best surgeon ever. Highly rated, almost like Donald Trump talking about something. Best surgeon ever. Unbelievable. <laughs> fabulous. Best surgeon ever. They actually work with the Yankees. They do all the Yankees. You know, like, it's like. Every, this, is every, this is every patient who has surgery. Who works for us. Yeah. the best yeah. surgeon ever. And then they're yeah. like, yeah, so. But he did say that he didn't leave enough space in my nerve for the surgery to work. But he was also the best one. So I think I'm going to go back. And it's like. Okay, uh, (laughs) should we start moving now, you know, because you're going to have to do that anyway. But yeah, I have someone like that. And, um, you know, it's like, I tried to get them to do, you know, like, all right, so this person's in a lot of pain. Let's give them all the feedback, right? So like, he can't get in hook line. He can't get in sideline. As soon as he gets in hook line and sideline, he's in so much pain. So like, all right, you just learned for uh, like, how many months that like, most people need to start there? Like, okay so this is tough all right so then what do you do next it's like all right well i put him in like a wall squat he's uh he needs to turn left so i put him in a wall squat uh put an offset right arm reach left arm comes down he's like a classic kind of you know uh needs some left oblique right left lower back pain needs to bring him back to left so i do that that works beautifully but it was you know difficult to think all right well he's actually needs to be reverse engineered to stand But then after that, I was like, he has no idea where his spine is. And then it was like, all right, well, let's bring FRC back. Well, he can't do a cat cow. Even with his feet on the wall, uh, I could put a ball between his knees. I could like literally booby trap him with constraints to to any extent. And uh, instant pain as soon as he starts moving his pelvis. So I have him stand up again. And then I just have him do pelvic tilts, like where you would find in like the most basic physical therapy book ever, right? Then I had him just do wall peels with his upper back. He literally goes on vacation after that day, wakes up the next morning, goes zip lining, like comes back, feels the best he's felt since surgery is what he said to me. And it was like, well, if I didn't do FRC, if I didn't understand all that, and then I also didn't do this other stuff. It's the melding of the models coming together that really helped this person to the highest level. And if I only had one lens, like if I only had the FRC lens, I would have been like, oh man, like, I don't know what to do with you. Or he would have just been doing the cat cow without the repositioning first, which in my opinion is one of the things that really opened up the space to do the uh, the uh, controlled articular rotation that he was doing. So it's like really bringing it all together and being willing to fail bringing them together and then troubleshoot from there. Because I totally put him on the ground first. I was like, we're going to put you in the sideline. I might smush you. We might go towel under the side. Like, this is going to go so well. Like, I was hyping myself up. And he got on the ground. He was on the ground for like 15 seconds just wincing. And I was like, wow, I'm wrong. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get up now. And then, like, I don't know if you guys ever had this happen, but, like, you know, these people get – they always have, like, this repertoire from, like, seven years ago that they're, like, go-to thing that never really worked for them, but it's still in their bag always for some reason, just stuck. So like he gets into the worst pigeon stretch you've ever seen. His shoulder blades like pop off his rib cage. He just like juts his ribs forward and gets into this pigeon stretch. And he's just like, ah, ah. And then he gets out of it. He's like, okay, I feel much better. And I'm like, I don't know how, but, <laughs> but we are going to continue now. I'm glad that, 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 that horrendous pigeon stretch opened up a window for us. So let's keep going. <laughs> Roll with it. Yeah. Those are all very relatable, but it's, it's yeah. funny. We have this one dude now who we just started working with. Um, he had a, basically like a sports hernia repair. This guy's like a beast, by the way. Like he's like, you know, MMA fighter training to be like state trooper, like, 
So he's, he's going to crush it. But he went to this surgeon we have in our area who is known for doing these like sports hernia surgeries. And he did Odell Beckham surgery. And the first thing the guy said to me when he came in, he's like, yeah, I went to Odell Beckham surgeon because he's like, he's like the best in the area. I'm like, well, did he also tell you that like Odell Beckham is like, we're talking about like elite of the elite, right? This guy was like a premier like receiver in the league at one point, right? I'm like, that part gets mixed out. But it's like every patient that comes in with a surgery. Um, but, you know, one of the things you said was, um, this is like, like Bill Hartman is like, a, he's a, you know, I've been, he's been a mentor of mine since 2000, probably 18 or 19. Um, and one of the things that he's helped me with tremendously is actually becoming like uh, better at problem solving and being a better thinker and like hearing, like you put the patient on the floor. Cause you're like, conceptually, this makes a ton of sense. Right. And I think that aspect of things gets lost on like social media and the internet, because that's a very realistic scenario that happens to me all the time. It's like, all right, this guy has no space to move. I'm going to put him in right sideline. We're going to do some manual therapy, create some motion. You put him down there and they're like, bro, I can't move my neck. They're like, <laughs> like, all right, well, what do I do now? Like shit. Like that was my one go-to. It's like, no, I have all these tools and years of like experience and continuing education that I can kind of draw from and understand, okay, well, why can't this person tolerate this position that's supposed to be like the go-to, right? And then you problem solve and work backwards from there. And it's like, that's what coaching is, right? That's what working with a human a human is. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it, it can be tough. It can definitely be tough, especially when you come into it with a kind of a preconceived notion like that. Like, all right, you know, that's, that's one of the things that happened to me a lot when I first started learning about PRI, never even directly from them. I always like to make sure I say that because people will still come to me like, yeah, you're a PRI guy. I'm like, I've technically never taken a PRI course. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. But, you know, with PRI, it was like, there were so many things that were like, just like seemed super obvious that you could just like replicate on everybody. And it wasn't until I failed at a lot of that stuff that I realized like, the you know doing an adductor pullback is going to work for a lot of people like a shocking amount of people honestly but it's not going to work for everybody doing sideline glue max going to work for a lot of people but not going to work for everybody like right chest expansion in the 9090 another one like man that works for a lot of people but every once in a while you get someone you're like ah this isn't going that well you know and to be able to change directions against all your preconceived notions and previous wins can be really tough to do but you really need to be able to do that yeah and i think that that part is where like the the real like magic is is like understanding when something doesn't work and like pursuing that understanding why it didn't work because I, a lot of people will fall into that trap they're like well 90 90 beautiful for everybody i'm just going to do it with everyone it's like ah uh, no right you're lying to yourself and you're you're doing a disservice to like the people that you work with like not acknowledging that there is ha like 60% or 40% of people that the 90 90 position didn't work right so if you pursue that like you're going to it'll be untouchable right you'll be able to help a lot of people something else you said about the weekend certs um i remember once like i was a uh, I was like full send PRI, like early, like 2015, 16, 17, like in that time frame. And I remember I went to one course, I forget which one it was, but it was like definitely over my head. But I got one useful thing from that course that like changed like how I was coaching all the exercises. And it was coaching the right uh, left side lying, right glute max from the, from the wall with the foot. Yeah. And now I understand why, right. Getting like the, right. Like getting like a late propulsion and like all that kind of stuff. I understand why, why it works now and like why that was so, so impactful, but just that one cue from that course, I'm like, what I don't know. What, uh, I don't remember exactly. It was basically driving from the ankle. Like you're driving like pronation, right. And you're getting the center. Can you delay the heel and get them to pronate their foot is essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, you're just extended rotating the femur then. Yeah. Like getting rolls of motion back from the ground, ground up. Uh -huh. Right. You're from the top down. I mean, um, so like just that one cue though. And I'm like, I don't even remember what that course was about. It was all over my head, but that one cue changed, right? Like the result I was getting with people that like, you know, okay. Like they half-assed this drill and they weren't getting what I want. Now I know how to coach it and why it's not working. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that versus like, I'm just going to shit on continuing education weekend cert courses. Like there's value to all those things. It's just. Or yeah. blame the person. Just be like, yeah, you're not doing it right. So, oh, well, that's a, that's another problem. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it's pretty complicated. I might be messing it up. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, like maybe yeah. I don't understand this, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, super in-depth, you know, <laughs> curriculum here. Um, one thing I want to touch on too, we kind of like, you kind of like, like we touched on a little bit is you incorporate a lot of stuff. Yeah. From what I can tell, at least from the outside, you can tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, into like the way that you work with with clients, 
Um, would you mind talking about your journey with just like continuing education, like how you went from like the FRC to like, you know, diving into other realms? Absolutely. So I started off with the, the, I started off exactly probably the biggest pitfall of uh, what I would say to think about the commercial gym. Cause I really strongly believe that all personal trainers should be in a commercial gym in the busiest place possible for the same reason that we talked about earlier, where it's like, you're just thrown into the fire. You're forced to perform. You're forced to put yourself out there. There's no like hesitancy. Like, ah, I don't know about them. You know, like one of the big things I had to get over early on was like walking up to people that were way stronger than me and being like, Hey, I can help you. Like that was really hard to do. Cause I'm like, this guy doesn't need me. Like he's so he's bigger than me. He's stronger than me. And then like, I would like watch them move and be like, wow, this guy moves like shit. Like he, he could totally use my help, you know? And that was a really big lesson. But so I started off in that, that, that commercial gym and I started to think like, all right, well, how can I get to the master level? Cause you want to make more money and you want to have that notoriety within the gym. Like he's the top tier trainer. Right. And what they did was they, they said that you can do the NCCPT and NASM CPT and immediately get to the highest level. So basically you do the two most general certs, and get more out of it versus then doing kettlebells was like half of that, you know, uh, doing the TRX or whatever another one might be, even though the TRX is not a great uh, example, but basically just getting different, um, you know, approaches versus just learning the uh, four phase, the stability phase, the hypertrophy phase, the power phase from two different, uh, you know, uh, certifying bodies it wasn't really that helpful, honestly. And I didn't really take a lot away from that. So my first thing that I got away from that once I got those two was kettlebells, which was awesome. I think a, another huge skill um, for anybody, not the best thing for hypertrophy, but almost anything else. And most people that you meet, like, yeah, really, really good in, in every way. So I think kettlebells is a great skill to have. I started with that. Um, and then from there, uh, the biggest one was really getting to FRC. Uh, like I said, that really blew my mind. Uh, and it was so perfect for the people that I was working with in a lot of ways, not every way. Um, as I say often at this point, like the irradiation, the tension, everything is really great and really terrible all at once. Um, as long as you know where to place that, it works really well. Um, so FRC was really huge for me and I just got hooked on that. So I went from FRC to kin stretch. Um, I did uh, the FR, which was the manual therapy. That was kind of like my last take at being like, am I going to be a massage therapist too? Because to me, it was a really big up for like professional athletes because I was still in that phase where I kind of was like, you know, I worked with uh, Noah Syndergaard from New York and like, it was like amazing to watch him pitch the day after you train him, you know, like what a cool thing to do and it still is cool. But also it was not so sustainable. He has nine coaches. Like there's a lot of stuff that when you actually train the professional athlete, you're like, wow, this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be in a lot of ways. So, you know, that that was a, a big kind of thing too. Um, and then when, it, so I went from kin stretch to FRC and then I thought about doing FR, which is the, the manual therapy. I learned a lot anatomy wise and, um, you know, the three big tenets about, you know, duration, direction, and, you know, just, how manual therapy is very similar. And if you can get that specific, just like with training, you know, putting force into a tissue in a direction leads to an outcome. Um, so I, I realized, hey, I'm not going to be this person. I did kin stretch. I started teaching group fitness. I started with group fitness at Goldman Sachs. Also, I didn't mention that, but like, I realized that group fitness had a lot of holes, you know, especially in being specific and individual for everyone. Um, giving everyone exercise, everyone does the hardest one. You know, most people shouldn't do it at all. Um, so that was really big. And then I went to uh, the summit, which is like uh, the next thing. It's basically like, you know, the next level of learning the system. And that was really cool. I, I got some good takeaways from that. Um, but then after that, uh, I did stick mobility. I love those guys. They're amazing. And it's honestly a very sneaky certification where you're kind of like, oh, it's just a stick. But like, they actually have put a system together with it. And it's one of those things like we talked about with the person that's on the ground, when they have the stick in their hands and they can bend it and push on one side and pull on the other. And there's like a lot of really low key, really useful things with the stick. That's awesome. So that was a really good thing. And I love those guys. They're awesome. Uh, Dennis is the man. Um, so those were that was kind of like where I went with the mobility side of things. 
Um, and then after that, I really just got deep into uh, learning online. This kind of when the pandemic hit. Um, who did I, I found David. David is huge part of where I'm at today. Like I'll do a session with certain people. I'm like, man, that was like 50% of shit I learned from David. Like that was really good. <laughs> That's David Gray, right? David Gray. Yeah. David Gray. Yeah. And I'll even have people that are like, I have, a, I have client, I get a lot of clients that are like either coaches or like people that are really in tune with the industry. Also, they don't might not really know everything, but they'll like, like uh, one of my clients cam, like he doesn't train anybody in person, but he like works uh, with a company called wealth. And, um, you know, they, they, they're, they're in the, in the industry. He does like a lot of marketing and stuff for them, but he'll, in his program, he'll be like, Hey, like, you know, if you want to throw like some David Gray stuff in, that would be cool. Cause he's been like watching his Instagram and then seeing <laughs> stuff. He's like, yeah, throw some of David's stuff in. I like that. I'm like, All right, cool, man. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I'm mixing that together. Um, one of the other things that I found during uh, the pandemic that is interesting is uh, flowability. Um, I really dove deep into that. I've been watching his mentor, uh, Pillar Principles, um, for a really long time. And uh, he's a super interesting guy. Uh, he eventually blocked me, so I couldn't follow him. So did Jordan from Flowability. So it was a weird thing. It's kind of like you're teaching our stuff without our permission. I don't know yeah. why I talk to you without letting you use it, but Either way, now you're blocked. You're out of the community. So, like, I, I like I said, I get kicked out of everywhere, one way or another. I'm a runner. That, that one sounds like it's not really a you thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't think it was either. But you know, it, it, either way, um, but I found a lot of value in that too. Um, you know, finding flowability was really good for me because I find that the PRI type of person, obviously an overgeneralization, not everybody, um, is so like proximal hamstrings or die. Like as if you're just never going to have, you're never going to not have proximal hamstrings. You're going to do a push up, make sure you have proximal hamstrings. You're going to do a plank, make sure you have proximal hamstrings. You're going to do a deadlift, make sure you have proximal hamstrings. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, uh, still, but do still have them though. You know what I mean? So it was like, I found flowability, which was like, stretch the fuck out of your hamstrings, stretch the hell out of your glutes. Get as long as you can in the back and then use glute knee to like be a break for your lower back going into flexion and just pull your whole entire body as long as possible. But it still had similarities to PRI where it was like you have to breathe in your back ribs. Uh, you have to reach really well and get really wide like that. So that was really cool to have those two opposite ends of what's basically going on in the pelvis. One of them's poking, one of them's tucking. And then to, that's kind of how I explain to my clients that I'm like, I train you on a spectrum. One of them you're poking, one of them you're tucking. I want you to be able to do both. If you can do both, you're going to be able to be in the middle, no problem. And you'll start in the middle and wherever we want to go, we can go. So those two things were really big for me then. And then um, from there, I eventually went into uh, the compression expansion model. Um, I did a lot with Alex Effer. I really like him a lot. I did his course twice. Um, I really like buying programs too. That's a that's kind of like a sneaky way. I think that people can learn a lot. I don't even think that you necessarily need to do the program. I think you would get way more out of it if you did. But for example, like buying Alex's programs, I have everything Jake Tur. Jake Tur is a huge influence on me. I love Jake Tur's stuff. Um, so like hypertrophy clusters, his program, like almost everybody I have is going to eventually do eight times five deadlifts and then they're going to do 10 times four and then they're going to do 12 times three. Like it's, it's just the most proven thing ever. He's also the best social media person I've ever seen. Like that, that's why I smiled when he said it, yeah. it cracks me up, dude. His, for his, Colton, like, for like, Colton in your community, the exact <laughs> avatar, like everybody's like, find your niche, find your avatar. Like he speaks to his avatar, like incredible. So does so David. Good. Sometimes I'll be like having a, a thought and then David will go on his podcast and talk about the thought I had earlier that day. And I'm like, this motherfucker knows me, man. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, so so I, I did David. I did Jake stuff, um, you know, buying a bunch of programs, uh, just going through them, seeing how other people structure things. That's something I always encourage people to do with my stuff, too, because people come to me like, I want to see how you put it all together. It's like, well, do you teach classes? Yes. All right. Well, we have a class library called the EVN, the Elite Video Membership. You go in there. You don't even have to do the classes. You just watch them through under the videos. It's all the text of how it puts all the classes together. You take 30 minutes out of that that you like. You put it in your session. You fill the other 30 with yours. Now you have a 60-minute session to kind of trial and error through. So that's kind of how I did things, really like putting it all together, seeing how it works. It was very difficult. Explaining what I said about the two spectrums, about poking and tucking, sounds really simple now, but like applying it, not so simple. Yes. Um, but 
over time you figure it out. And, um, you know, for the most part, a lot of people are missing one, you know, like you have someone that's completely tucked under, they, they look like a turtle. And then you have another person that's super extended and you're like, I'm probably going to use a little bit more of the PRI with you. And I'm probably going to use a little bit more of the slowability with you. And there's plenty of people that I meet that I'm just like, I'm not even going to touch slowability. Like we might do a little bit of breath work on the ground. That's similar to it, but like, realistically, I'm not going to take you too far down that. And I don't, I don't go too far down any system is another good way to describe it. Like a good example with FRC is everybody I have does some version of cars. Like even if it's just doing a hip car, I do a lot of like, all right, you're going to do your, uh, your squat. And then you're going to do three hip cars, squat, three hip cars, squat, three hip cars. So like things like that, where I am integrating FRC, but I'm not going to have you do um, pails and rails, then do cars, then do liftoffs, then do isometric movement paths, and then finish with that. Like, I'm never going to put together a session like that unless you come to me and you go, my main goal is splits. Um, I'm a, a longtime ballerina who's hypermobile. Then I go, well, guess what? I got the best toolbox for you. Start off with a little bit of repositioning and then go into that. And that works like magic. So uh, again, there's a time and place for everything and just learning how to put it together is trial and error. And the more people, the broader scope that you get, the broader um, kind of clientele you get, the better you're going to learn how to put it all together because they're going to challenge you. And then you're going to respond with the, the, the right solutions eventually. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's such like a, just a good way to kind of, I don't know, approach things. Right. It's like the way I look at it is like, with, I've taken like every consumer education, man. I went through a phase where I'm like, I don't even know why I'm taking this course, but I'm going to take it and then like kind of, <laughs> kind of figure it out. Um, but it's like, you get to a point with things and then like a problem comes up. Right. And I'm like, I need to figure out how to solve this problem. And it's like, Oh, here's this dude I found on the internet. Who's talking about something that kind of seems like it relates. Let me like start consuming their content, start taking their stuff. Um, cause I always get in trouble with what you said, right. It's like, you go too far down one direction and it's like your tunnel vision at that point. It's like, everything is like, you know, I don't want to call out like a group or anything, but like everything is like this issue. And it's like, ah, no, not really. Right. Like there's probably something that I, I'm missing in this, in this part. And again, I'll give credit to Bill Hartman because he's, he's helped me make a sense of a lot of things, even that I've learned in, um, like PT school, you know, um, give, giving some context to them. Um, but with the continuing education, I think it's very easy to get that tunnel vision and you go down one course and like, think about continuing education as like a business model, right? You have course one, you got to take these intro courses, right? I have a question that doesn't fall on these. It's like, well, you got to take the next step. It's like, yeah, but I got the question now. Like, <laughs> like, so what do I do? Right. So it's like, you know, I just appreciate it for, for what it is from that context. Um, and one thing that we see a lot in the mentorship program is that people don't give things enough enough time. Like they just don't spend enough time with something. Right. Mm. So they get frustrated and then they're like, you know what, this, this shit doesn't work. Right. I'm, I'm going to just like, forget about it and never use it. And then like you said earlier, right. I'm going back to the the same things that I was doing, you know, five days ago kind of situation. Uh, so I always appreciate yeah. hearing people's journey with continuing education. I think it's useful. Yeah. Especially, like, um, I mean, if someone's to... go ahead, you are, go ahead. Yeah. Like one has to struggle as Ian said, Sean said, like you have to give it time. Like out of 10 people who get exposed to this stuff, probably only one or not even one will stick to it till the end. Yeah. I mean, the rules of the game are simple, but then the implementation becomes hard. Like supine doesn't work, sideline doesn't work. What do you do then? Yeah. So I, I think people do not give, the, I mean, they don't give themselves a chance. They don't. Then I think it's a confidence issue as well that yeah. I can't do it. They always like Sean had shared a story recently. Like the PTs think that no one would pay the PTs. It's not that they don't ask people. The PTs think that they, no one would pay the PTs. Like why? Why you are in your own head? So yeah, yeah. Just Co coaching is really big in it too. You know, like. If someone's chest hasn't expanded in a really long time, it's not just going to happen in two breaths. <laughs> exactly. But, but, exactly. But I think I think with our stuff too, or or within that 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 at least part of our stuff in terms of the breath work, the positional breathing, the repositioning, the PRI, compression expansion, whatever you want to call it, you get the people like the Connor Harris's and other people like that. Like rightfully so, nothing against them, but like do these six breaths in this position and now you have new shoulder internal rotation and like 
for me, again, going back to FRC, one of the things that I, I think about often is Dre would like make fun of that. And he'd say, he'd put you on the table, he'd slap your left hand, and then he'd show you this hamstring change. And he'd be like, oh, look what we did. And like, you realize later on that like, yeah, that's kind of being an asshole because there is some value in like, oh, his shoulder dropped there. Like, I'm not saying that's not valuable, but until you do something after it, like, oh, it's kind of not valuable. You know what I mean? Like, just because your shoulder relaxed when I pulled it down on the table doesn't mean you're going to get up, be strong, shoot a basketball well, do any of that stuff. So I, I, I really am fortunate to have come from that FRC where it discredited totally. And then I had to come back and one of the things like that's valuable for this conversation is like, I literally in my head argue against myself and against these systems. Like I had a full like year where I was just like, I hate FRC. This is why FRC is wrong. And like, honestly, I came to a lot of dead ends because they thought out things so well. And I had done such a good job of listening to Chivers, especially like what you're talking about with Bill Hartman and the process of thinking like Chivers has a whole entire like two hour lecture on that. So I went down those rabbit holes. I tried to argue against myself and I ended up with either a lot of dead ends or just split ends even more so where it was like, yeah, I could just keep pumping this FRC solution, but maybe integrating this will get me over there even faster. And that's what I found out. But it wasn't until I argued with myself and I tried to disprove myself over yeah. and over again that I was really able to get to that point. Another thing with a lot of that stuff, like you said, with the sideline glute max exercise, like people and, and David does a really good job of communicating. This is like, I just think the level of coaching is really low oftentimes. And it should be when you're learning something new. So like sometimes when I'm coaching and like I can I just say something or even use my hands in a certain way that changes everything. But like I didn't have that tool early on. So I had to like really get it by coaching over and over again. And especially the coaching eye is something, which is why I think it's so great to watch both your Instagrams and watch Connor's and watch David's and watch Alex's and everything, because there's certain things that you're going to see. And then you finally see it like, um, oh, I'm, I didn't mention Gary Ward, but he was really big for me too. Um, you know, his his closed chain lower uh, lower close whatever biomechanics was really yeah. amazing. I mean, like learning how to bend your knee is another good example of our whole conversation today. Like, I was like, oh yeah, is something really gonna happen from like just coaching someone how to bend their knee? And then like I felt it one time, and I was like, oh wow, that's kind of crazy. And then I had my brother do it, and he was like the rest of the day I walked around and like, I could actually feel this part of my foot. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy. Right. And then like teaching that and videoing it, like I've videoed, I don't know how many knee bends, like a close up view, but like now I can look at it in my sleep and be like, yeah, you're doing this, you're doing that. All right, do this. And then she's like, Oh wow, that's different. It's like, yeah, great. But like, man, I messed that up for like months to get that going and to like really figure out I used a ton of wedges and constraints. And then David was like, yeah, I try not to use any. And I was like, ah, well, I've been doing the opposite and then now I'm in the middle where like I'll throw a wedge there and here but like for the most part I am doing it just like you don't need anything but good cues and really being able to coach it and uh that just takes time like you said yeah that's awesome man I'm glad I'm glad you said that because yeah the, the um the willingness it's like we're not performing surgery here right like we're talking about coaching and exercise right you the person like quote unquote screws up a split squat like what's the worst that's going to happen? They just did an exercise that maybe didn't load like the target tissue as much as we want. Right. Like that's really what we're talking about. So it's like, you can do these safe to fail like experiments and like figure out what works and what doesn't work. Right. Like they're still getting benefit. You're not wasting people's time, um, which is also another criticism people give. It's like, no, we have to like learn these things. That's where like, you know, and what we do like apprenticeship or mentorship is like super useful because it kind of accelerates that, but learning from what other people are doing and what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and you kind of said it, man, it's like, when I have, when I think something strongly, I'm like, all right, well, chill. Like what, what is the opposite of this? Like what happens if I am wrong completely? And it's like, what happens? You're going to end up in the middle. You always are going to end up somewhere in the middle. And like, that's such a good way, good way to kind of like learn things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think with, uh, with the wasting time thing, it's like the first thing to consider is a, if you're teaching them something that is really that valuable, like say the hip bench for, for, for like, okay, you need hip IR. The person wants to have strong hips. Um, they want to play basketball, they want a big butt, like the amount of things that you're knocking out by teaching them how to properly hip hinge 
All right, it's crazy. So if you spend extra time, they mess up, they mess up, they mess up, and it takes four or five weeks for them to get better at it. It's still worth it because in the long run, they go from there to the trap bar. Now they're getting that huge stimulus that everybody feels like they're missing out on by learning more of that skill-based stuff. But now they're going to get it that actually hits the target tissue, reduces the chance of injury, even though I hate bringing that up. But just getting them to that that level of like where they're really going to load it up and get the maximal benefit from what you would think of as a compound exercise. And then uh, the other thing would be just like, being able to have things in your toolbox that just crush people. So like, yeah, I spent 30 minutes teaching you a lot of detailed stuff, but then like you died on the sled for like nine minutes, or I put you through every minute on the minute goblet squat. You did eight, you had 20 seconds to rest. By the time you do eight of those, you're not thinking, oh no, why did we spend so much time talking? You're like, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to do anything else. I'm ready to leave. Okay, bye. You know, or like yeah. you have a simple thing where it's like, you're going to do this many calories like in your warm up before I even see you. So come five minutes early, get it done. So they've already done a decent amount of work before I've even gone into that stuff. And it's just how you approach it and how you communicate it. <laughs> So that the client knows, like, this is my responsibility to do this. And that's why we're doing this, because I'm going to get crushed anyway in the future with the deadlifts. But even right after was something that is uh, it doesn't it, it, it's so easy to crush someone. I mean, like that, that, so that easy. you could be, you know, 10 days into being a personal trainer and learn how to crush someone. Probably going to hurt them too 10 days in, but you know, <laughs> they'll probably recover also. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. It's funny. Cause like a lot of the people who, uh, I'm actually getting away from doing like one-on-one, like remote, like training and coaching. Um, cause it's all like custom, oh, whatever. I could, that's another conversation, but a lot of people come to me cause they want to know how, like you said, right. They want to understand like how like, they get compression expansion, blah, blah, blah. But how do you program? And then they're ultimately just like, oh, so this is like a training program. I'm like, yeah, like we're not doing anything magical. Like Right. It's like, I shouldn't say that. Like, there's just thought that is going behind the specific variations that go with the constraints of your structure and your goals and all these things. Right. They're like, well, should I, should I focus on my foot, how my foot's hitting the ground on these like 400 meter repeats? I'm like, please don't. Right. Because then you're not, not getting the output that we want. Right. So we got to keep the goal. The goal, the goal is to, to build your fitness without making you uh, not able to like recover from these situations. So that's where like, the specific positional like breathing stuff's going to fit in or the movement prep's going to fit in or the stuff you're doing on like a, uh, like a, uh, I call them like movement capacity days, but basically like, here's the stuff that's going to help build capacity, keeping your pump handle open, right. Or whatever we're, we're, we're talking about. And it's just like, almost like a freeing experience for them in that, in that sense. Cause it's like, Oh, so I can do all the stuff I was doing. I just need to be able to like figure out how to incorporate this like new stuff that we're learning. It's like, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about here. It's not like an overcomplicated situation. You probably got to go through over some overcomplicating, you know, to get here, but like, that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The detailed stuff is less daunting when you also have stuff where you just let it rip. And that's why I don't want to work with anybody for less than 12 weeks. If I am going to do one-on-one and ideally I don't want to work with someone who's like, yeah, I got two hours a week. It's like, all right, cool. But you know, same. don't (laughs) don't expect to be, uh, you know, (laughs) you know, doing anything crazy in that two hours. Yeah, man. Um, awesome. Uh, Ian, I want to be respectful of your time. We're at around like an hour at this point. Um, last thing uh, I'd like to ask, what are, what is next for, what are you working on with, uh, with either your, your practice um, as a trainer or what are you working on with like your educational stuff? Um, what's kind of coming down the, the pipeline? Yeah. So right now we're actually in a pretty big shift for our business. Um, One thing that we're doing is, uh, you know, we really did really well with our classes, um, especially during the pandemic when everybody was home. Um, But personally, we've been pretty burnt out on them in terms of creating them. It's very difficult to create a really good class, um, especially online, um, because you're trying to really check a lot of boxes. It's really easy to get too specific, you know, and then it's also um, really easy to just do one of everything in class because with 30 minutes like how many exercises can you really do um, the follow along aspect of it it's perfect for some people but it's the worst for other people you know um, so what we're doing right now is we're actually switching over we're getting an app we're using trainerized uh, which is really cool they they basically have their entire platform and then they just put your branding on it and you create your app that way instead of paying someone fifty thousand dollars from scratch basically um, so 
that's really cool. And we're going to add programs to it. So it's going to be less about following along in a class setting and more about like how I would program for someone regularly. So like things like, uh, you know, uh, a beginner strength program, um, we're going to drop a core and breathing optimization, um, trying to put some things out there that are really easy to follow too. That's a big part of our business right now is like, like all the confusing stuff that we might've talked about today is like how to simplify it, make it so that everyone's doing it. Like, I don't want someone just to pay me and not do it. I want someone who's really into it, really going to do the stuff um, and, and follow through on it. So within the app, we're going to kind of like build out all these different programs and, and have that. Um, right now, the workshops are kind of a big priority for us. We're in, um, we're coming to Boston in uh, August. We're coming to uh, San Diego in September. And we have a, uh, clear water with uh, Jeff on um, flexible this weekend. Oh yeah. Um, so we're kind of like low stress. Um, you know, the workshop grind is really tough. Um, selling out the weekend is really tough. So we're just trying to kind of uh, refine our format, figure out the best way to do it, um, get content from it. And then next year, the year after, like really do like a full, like we're doing one a month at least, like blow it out, do a full tour. We did a USA tour before we went from Miami to California and back teaching classes and workshops. And that was awesome. Uh, so we want to do that again. My son just turned one. So I'm thinking like when he's three, we do another USA tour and just like get like a Sprinter van, pick a couple of Airbnbs that we really like, stay there for like two, three weeks and just do the whole States. Um, I think that would be really good for like his immune system, just his growth overall, yeah. being in all these different environments, hiking, seeing all these different things. Um, so that's kind of my plan for for now. And um, I, uh, I recently just got back into doing a lot more stuff in person, which is really cool because, you know, you realize like that's my passion. That's that's why I'm doing this. It's really easy to get talked into. You need a scale. And are you a personal trainer making less than $70,000 a month? <laughs> you know, it's like you get you get pushed into that. And I think a lot of people, my friend Casey, who I saw my earlier is a great example of this, is like a lot of people get pushed into that and then they're just not happy. They're like, why am I on the computer? Like, why am I creating all these graphics in Canva? Like, I'm a personal trainer. Like, I don't want to do this. And it, it, at a certain point, maybe you do need to do some of it, but like, perfect example like i don't know when the last time casey posts but like his schedule is full like he has way more clients than i do in person and he's amazing at it and he's super fulfilled by it and uh you know he, he told me the other day he had a good example of like the uh the fisherman story it's like you know basically real short the fisherman gets offered to scale his business like four times and then at the end he's like well you know, what are you going to do now that you've scaled? You're so rich and you're, you're retired. And he's like, how about I just start fishing again? Like I wanted to the whole time, you know? And it's like, I think that's really relatable as a personal trainer. It's like, you know, I just want to be in person actually working with the people because like, I literally skip out of a lot of my sessions because I'm just so happy to be there with that person. We're both all in, we're laughing. It's successful. And, um, you know, seeing them change and grow is just so fulfilling. So that that's that's one of my other really big focuses right now is to just get in person find the right people to work with and then just give it my all yeah that's awesome man what's your what's your workshop uh about so it's like uh i call it the spectrum so it's a lot of what we talked about really integrating things um we do a lot of like the basics of breathing um the basics of core training um and then we go into a lot of rotational training so a lot of like the reciprocal stuff um, like think strength training based off of a gate model in a lot of ways. Um, we go into a lot of the compression expansion stuff in terms of like using constraints, when to use them. We teach the hip hinge, we go over the basic patterns. And then we add a little bit of, um, you know, a lot of the things that I like to do, um, similar to like what you think of with Bill Hartman, right? So like one of the things I use from him all the time is like the low reach preacher squat, um, mm -hmm. uh, preacher curl in the squat. So like, how to do hypertrophy while also driving expansion in the area you want. So like, that's a big part of the workshop as well. And then we, I, I teach my version of a lot of the, uh, the, the foot stuff, like, awesome. you know, the knee bends, the slouches, just using a lot of that stuff to unlock the foot, to unlock the hip in a lot of ways. Um, and then we do a little bit of the mobility stuff, but um, 
that's part of the refinement is my early workshops were more or less like my version of FRC. And um, I just wanted to get away from that so much um, for obvious reasons, but even more so just it, it, it wasn't what I wanted to teach. And it felt a little bit disingenuous, like, which happens a lot with my uh, my online course, Mobility Coach Plus, because people will come and be like, I'm here to learn mobility. And then I'll be like, yeah, but like the plus is a pretty big part. So like there's so much other stuff that is not mobility. And then it's like, oh, that's why, you know, it's like, because like, again, like I'm going to teach you what I think works, not just what I used to use, you know, so that's kind of like how things are right now. Uh, awesome, man. Yeah. If you ever want to come to North Jersey, man, uh, I'll, I'll help you sell it out. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'd love to. Sure. When we, when we do the trip, let's definitely do it. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. We got some spots, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we have to hop on again with you, man. I had a lot of, uh, I was curious about your business and all that, the kind of stuff you guys do on the, uh, like digital side and in-person side too. Um, but yeah, I do have to get ready to, to treat patients and I also want to be respectful of, of your guys' time. So where's, where's the best pe place that people, uh, can reach out to you? Yeah, so my uh, my Instagram is at Ian Marco I A N M A R K O W. Our business page is MarcoTrainingSystems.com. Our well, that's our our website, and our Instagram business page is at MarcoTrainingSystems.com. Send me a DM on Instagram. That's usually the the fastest way to get to me. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing from everybody. Thank you guys so much for your time. It was great chatting awesome. with you. And uh, I don't hesitate to ask. I love doing podcasts. So um as as soon as you guys are ready to do another one or we can build off of this yeah. one or whatever you want I'll, i'm here for it yeah awesome man awesome.